Welcome to Motherhood and Singlehood podcast. This podcast is about breaking the stereotype of single moms, is to help you navigate motherhood while being single, and is about reminding you who you are as a person behind all the labels you take. Your hosts are Don, Kali, and Christina. Enjoy! Welcome to another episode of Motherhood and Singlehood podcast. Today we have Lee Russell with us. Welcome, Lee. Hi. Uh, can you please tell us a bit about yourself first? Me, I am a mom of two boys, married to my husband Dave, and um, been living in the UK for about five years. Um, just you want a bit of background? Sure. Yeah. yeah I studied psychology, um, and then started my masters in play therapy. Um, while I was studying, I um, specialized in behavioral therapy, working with children on the autistic spectrum. Um, so that's home programs, ABA, which is a behavioral therapy. Um, and then when I was doing my play therapy masters, I worked at a children's home, which is a resident for abused or abandoned children. And I was the resident play therapist there until we moved to London. And uh, during lockdown, I did some extra training on positive discipline parenting and uh, started just sort of helping some parents and doing some training and I currently work and volunteer with um, Homestart. I've done a bit of training with them as well. And I'm about to, well, I'm thinking about re-specializing in family therapy. Oh, that's nice. And that's really where I am. And that you're the person that I re- run to sometimes <laughs> when I need like advice or I'm like too much in my head. Um, we met at the nursery. Our boys yes. went to the same nursery, yes. uh, Montessori nursery, yes. and they became friends. And yes. that's how I met you yeah. a long time ago, yes. like four years ago or something. Yes. The episode is about emotional, uh, yeah, strong single moms raising emotionally available boys. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about how single moms can do their best mm-hmm. to help their boys. Um, develop their emotional intelligence basically mm-hmm. okay. um, because it's this uh, culture or at least it was this culture where uh, boys don't cry mm-hmm. they have to be strong mm-hmm. and all that and with that actually we have a few of these slogans like I said boys boys cry too or boys get sad too which is a bit to bring awareness into the fact that boys have feelings too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about that well I, I mean I think that I think that it's such a big question list, you know, how do we, um, so I think it starts with patriarchy and I think there is a patriarchal sort of, um, paradigm and actually with boys, it starts a lot earlier than it does with girls, ironically around three, four, you know, we get that message, don't cry, you know, boys don't cry and, and, um, and it's subtle and often not so subtle, you know, with boys in terms of the messaging that we have yes. and the societal expectation and the the language around that we use when speaking with boys. And I think that that's, you know, I think the question is how do we change that? Yeah. I think also we have to look at when and where and how that sort of is perpetuated. Yes. Um, and I think, yeah, I think um, we need to look at the discrepancy of the way that people think boys should be uh, versus who they want to be. Yes. yeah. You know? But it also starts with their toys, right? Like very early. It, it, it does. I think, I mean, yes, they can be. But I think let's just maybe just shift back to sort of the emotional side. Because otherwise, you know, if we go into toys, that's a whole different sort of... Yeah. Sort of 
<laughs> conversation. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's interesting how our society defines masculinity. Right. But the interesting thing is, is that there's different types of masculinity. Yes. And that's a dialogue that we need to be having with our children. Right. What does masculinity look like? And how to bring that about to a question, well, we saw this person doing X. You know, what do you think about that? Yeah. You know, so creating that dialogue. Or I noticed, you know, um, I noticed the other day that you didn't want to kiss me goodbye. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you don't have to broach it there and then. But you can say, well, what's happening yeah. when you don't want to say goodbye in front of your friends? Yes. You know, yeah. is it, and, and we don't have to dissect everything for our boys because, you know, there are places and spaces and we often see a shift around, ironically, between, yeah, when they start nursery, four, five, to six, seven, yeah, where they want to, and part of it is normal in individuation, you know, okay. a child wanting to move apart from the mother figure or the, um, and asserting their own sense of identity, and another part is how society and how the messaging that they're hearing through social media, you know, games, um, yeah. TV programs that they're watching, and how. M- boys or men are depicted in those shows yes. and so they are, boys pick up on that nuance you know I mean most kids pick up on the nuance and so they see their their peers or older brothers or older kids not giving that extra hug to their mom or or saying oh you can kiss me there or not when someone's looking or whatever the case may be yeah and and I think that that our role as parents is to make that space is safe space for our children and also not to judge them if they want to not don't want to or if they want to right. just to give that space to say but also to have the dialogue around you know in our family it's okay to yeah. express our emotion this is how I like to do it how do you like to do it yeah so as a mom you really don't have to take things very personal when it comes well to as that. a parent I think it's <laughs> as a parent I think yeah. as a parent generally yeah. it's helpful not to yeah. take anything it can be a personal. bit triggering right like uh, for Definitely. example Albert now is super Definitely. cuddly yeah so as you're saying I'm sure it will be a yeah. moment in time where he'll be like you know what just stay in the car I'll go I'll go to school yeah. you know yeah um and then it will be a huge shift for me yeah uh, so I need to, like, check my triggers <laughs> <laughs> and my reactions, right? Because that's not personal to yeah, me. Yeah, that's not personal to you. I think um, I think it's just about creating a safe sp- space to express your emotions and about vulnerability. Right. And it's more, as a parent, how you present that to your child. Yeah. Do you present a way that it's okay to be vulnerable and yes. how to express that space? Do you have those dialogues, those difficult conversations? And that's the thing. We often want to sort of modicoddle our children and not have these difficult conversations. But how we create emotional awareness, whether you're a boy or a girl, yeah. is by exploring the nuances of emotion. Yes. To say there's this huge umbrella of emotions yes. and, yeah. and each of them are valid. Right, yes, yeah. Each like negative are emotions are valid yes. too. I mean, not negative, but because then all, you make them good or bad. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's just so like all emotions. emotions are valid. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's, I mean, if, if you're starting with just like you say, the moment of boys don't cry, how that would look from a, to create emotional awareness would be, I can see this is upsetting. Yes. So starting with validation. Let's get it, those emotions out. Yeah. Crying yeah. is good. Yes. If yeah. you want to cry, you can cry. Yeah. And then to say, I'm here. Yeah. Sometimes Albert just needs a hug. Yeah. You know, and just he just wants to cry in my arms. Yeah. 
And then he's fine. It's that safe space. Yeah. And that's how we model emotional awareness, by being emotionally aware ourselves. Yeah. See, the thing is with parenting and all parenting, the work starts with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard work. That's hard work. <laughs> that's why it is so triggering. Because we're so wired um, culturally. And then everything, the environment you grew up. And I grew up in Romania. So boys mm. are supposed to be strong, right? Boys don't cry, you know, they, they don't, you don't expect a man to come and tell you how he feels or, yeah. you know, basically they just shut down because they yeah. don't know how to deal with their emotions as men, as grown up men. So it's a bit like, I feel Do like you, positive parenting helps with that. Oh, definitely. But I, I mean, I think also the question is, do you think that they're not allowed to or not? I don't have that awareness. I don't think I don't think they have the awareness, and I don't think they were taught as children like our parents. Or do you think parents. that society maybe? I think it was pushes just, them not to be not was. to have a safe space because yeah, there's, there's, also, there's a duality here. We, yes, I, and I think it's even it's hard for men today, and especially because yeah. we're getting this message: be strong, be a provider, be this, be that. And then also be sensitive, be yes. available, be this, yes. and but don't be too this, don't yes. be too that. Yeah. So I think for for if I look at my husband, it's an interesting space for grown men now. But I think that that's hopefully that space will change for our children or yeah. our sons. Yeah. Because I think society is saying one thing, but they're not practicing what they're yes. preaching. Yes. They're saying be emotionally available, do this. Uh, and then judging. Yes, that's So there's true. a lot of judgment for men that's who true. are, you know, more emotional. Uh, but there's this expectation you need to be more of a partner, you need to be this, you need to be that. Yeah. So I think yeah. there's a duality. And I think patriarchy, there's this huge patriarchal sort of bubble that's been created. And we need to pop that bubble, really. Yeah. We need to yeah, it just needs lots of work, right? Definitely. Albert, for example, he doesn't like to be seen by other people crying. You know, yeah, other people outside yeah, our family. Yeah, yeah. So even if it happens something in school, um, like we had a play date this uh, week uh, with a friend mm -hmm. and the friend couldn't come because he had to go to the doctor. But he mm -hmm. didn't know until I picked him up from school. Mm -hmm. And he was so disappointed and uh, upset and he started crying. But he hid in my arms and he wouldn't move his head until he finished. So, and also sometimes mm -hmm. when he cries in the car and he wipes his tears and he says, uh, do I look like I've cried? And I obviously say, no, you're fine. But he feels the need at school or when he goes out of the house to kind of hide that part of him. So I think in that in that moment of, no, you look fine, Yeah, I think the validi validity is crying is normal and yeah. safe. Yeah. And if we have people that see us cry, that's okay because all emotions are valid. Yeah. I think they're also afraid a little bit of other boys or kids um, so the more laughing we, of them. But the more we verbalize that for our children and make that safe, yeah, yeah. the more comfortable they feel to yes. say, yes. I cry. Yeah, I hurt my, I felt sad. I it, was upset. Yeah. And I cried. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. That's very normal. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about... Um, do you think that teaching our boys responsibility at like a young age and accountability, it's it's going to help them become like healthy individual later? Because there's all this um, problem, let's say, or situation with men that are not say um, are not being held responsible and they don't hold themselves accountable for their actions today. So I feel like I'm t I I don't want to be I'm teaching Albert. 
Like, don't blame that person, that other kid. Like, you know, he's like, oh, I got in trouble, but he, that kid did something before. I was like, okay, like, fair enough. He, he started it in a sense. But you need to hold yourself responsible for your own actions. So placing blame on other people, it actually goes all the way in grown-up um, life. Well, I mean, I think that that's just individual. Some people, you know, are more comfortable with exploring their role in a situation or not. And it's yeah. very much about how a parent approaches it. Yeah. So I think the messaging is you're, the difference between a person who's, or a child who learns to be more responsible and accountable and aware, uh, I think the messaging is you make mistakes and mistakes are okay. Yes, yeah. So, so modeling that, that that's okay. That or not, do I keep on telling him, look, let's not blame others. It was wrong for them to start, right? or to push you, or to hit you, or whatever. But that doesn't mean you're going to react like that. Take a second to think about it. Um, not only what you're going to do, but also the consequences. Because sometimes he doesn't think of the consequences. Well, he is he's seven. Yeah. Right? So, so, yeah. Okay, so I know so just, might go thinking way just, too much. Let me, let me just... Okay, so we also need to be aware that yeah. developmentally... Cognitive thinking. I mean, it's great what you're doing. You're modeling that. You're saying, okay, well, what are the consequences being aware? But also um, full brain maturity, and that's seeing that our behavior has consequences, doesn't develop neurologically until 25. Yeah. Let me just put that. 25. 25. That's a long time. That's a long time. Because people think it's (laughs) until seven. No, no, no. Yeah. 25. Okay. Okay. So, so. Yeah, it's your a long child yeah. does not have the the abilities to sort of see their their actions and their their um, consequences all the way through. Yes, neurologically. Yeah. yeah, and I mean we see the brain chemistry changes completely when it, when they're a teenager, almost that it sort of matches a three year old. So they okay. have even less inability. Okay, so modeling all those things gives them the tools, but we cannot expect them to use him to use them all the time okay so that's just going back and i think you know i want to just go back to um i thought because when i was coming on to this uh, show i thought well, you know christina and her friends want to talk about divorce being single and raising single children and so it made me think about divorce and made me think about and i was just thinking that divorce is not a single event right it's not a single event. No. You know, a lot of people say, you know, we got divorced and then, then my child did this and things fell apart. Yes. But it's not. The long-standing problems started before the divorce sure. and they progressed after the divorce. Yes. There's a constant negotiation. There's a constant sort of working of, of relationship yeah. of, you know, and it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, you know. It's been going on for years before and will continue to go on for yeah. years before. <laughs> yeah. So there's not a single point and neither is parenting. Right. So you can have a problem, come up with a solution yeah. and it can work, but the dynamics change. Your yes. child changes, your relationship changes, you're in a system and an and a, and a environment. Yeah. So, you know, parents will say, oh, you know, I tried this and it worked for this one. And then, then they think, oh, that's not working. Yes. They don't think, well... The problem changed or yeah. the dynamic changed and now we need to revisit this. Right. For example, you maybe have a three-year-old who doesn't want to brush their teeth. 
then you develop a, a toothbrushing song, then you have a, then there's seven, and you think, well, why the hell is the toothbrush song not working? Yeah. You know, so we have to look at all problems like this. I see, yeah. As, as your child develops, yeah. we approach each problem developmentally to where they are. I see. Meeting. Yeah. And each time we, A, model that behavior, which is really hard, we give them the tools and the language to approach those problems, and we create awareness. And th- by doing those three things, we help them progress. Yeah. But I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and our yeah. children yeah. to be these perfect beings. And yeah. that's where the growth is. Yeah. The growth is I am a fallible person. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Let's learn. Yeah. Let's yeah. learn together. And and I don't mean by saying you can't be emotionally vulnerable with your children and they shouldn't see that, you know, that you need to put all your emotions onto your child. Yeah. But finding the balance between I make a mistake or I this is hard for me in this moment, not um, without burdening our children, yeah. is a fine line. Yes. But, yeah. but there's growth in that. Okay in working that walking that path yeah i think that's where i struggle um like like you said i find a solution for a problem then something changes it doesn't work anymore and then i feel guilty i'm like i thought i went through all this already exactly and then i'm like what am i doing wrong like i'm failing exactly and we're not yeah well (laughs) it does feel at the moment sometimes you know Uh, so so i i heard on a podcast i can't remember what um, it was one some parenting specialist, and I can't remember her name. I will try and find it. Anyway, she said, imagine you're on this airplane, and you're flying, and you hit turbulence, and the flight is a bit, like, bumpy, and you land, and, and the pilot turns around and says, I'm sorry, I'm such a terrible pilot. There was turbulence, and, and it was bumpy, and it was shocking. I can't do a good job, and I should have stopped doing this, and I'm uh, you're the worst pilot ever. Yeah. Does that make logical sense to no, you? No, no. The yeah. weather was out of their control. Yeah, yeah. They could not, they had certain skills set. Yes. But they cannot control everything in the environment. Yeah. So parenting is the same way. We yeah. cannot be these perfect pilots because yeah. we there's everything outside of our control. Yes, yes. You know, and you wouldn't, you know, so, and parent, we have to look at parenting the same way. The tur- We're going to go through turbulence. Yeah. It's not something that we can stop. The presence of turbulence does not mean you're a bad pilot the presence of bad behavior or not bad behavior of reactive behavior because that yes there's no real bad behavior yeah do you know what i mean yeah yeah children are reactive so i think the presence of of children being children in a world and expressing themselves and having meltdown does not mean you're a bad parent okay but how do how can single moms deal with that like just be aware. Because sometimes, like, I have lots of help, right? Yeah. But Kali, for example, she doesn't. Yeah. Um, like, and, and she's probably exhausted, you know, from yes. work and day-to-day yes. things. How do you do it in the moment? In like, the moment? Give yourself some grace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. In okay. the moment, know that you're fallible. Yeah. Know that there's no perfect moment. Yeah. So whether whatever that looks like for you as a parent... And single parent, and this is why single parenting is so hard, mm. you know, because you are outside of community. Yeah. And you're outside of your resources are tapped. 
Yeah. And that is emotionally taxing. And our children pick up on that. They pick up yes. when we're not present. And and I always say, try and, for the single parent, try and find that, that time for yourself yeah. to recharge, whatever that looks like. Yes. But then at the same time, try and make sure that you're connected. Yeah. And I mean 100% one-on-one. When you're 100%, no screens, nothing – present with your yeah. child doing what they want to do yeah. and it doesn't have to be long it has to yeah. be 15 minutes yes every day 15 I minutes whatever reading... you're going to carve carve that space out. yeah i was reading about that uh, your time as a mom with boys especially yeah. because it just happens that we are all raising boys yes yes <laughs> it's different than with girls for example boys will take a quality time just playing football with them not talking about anything <laughs> you know compared to girls and this it gets me it gets me this to this uh, point I was trying to talk to you about, like I like to talk things mm-hmm. through, right? Like as women, we we can talk things through, explain, make it everything sounds logical and stuff like this. Lately, Albert is not into talking that much. He's like, can we just drop it and you know, it, or especially if he comes from school and he's just not in a chatty mood. He just likes to sit in the car, listen to some quiet music until we get home. He likes to jump on the trampoline a little bit, like not really talking to anyone. And I've noticed my dad doing the same when he comes from work. He's not very chatty. Like, like literally, if you, the second he gets into the house, if you go and like bombard him with like problems and stuff, he gets very frustrated. So he needs his like half an hour to like relax and distress. Well, I, think that's, I think it's just a universal thing. Some people just need a little bit of space and time. Yeah between transitioning and finding the right time to talk to somebody. Is but is it more like boys or girls thing or? I mean, I think there is, I don't like to do a boy or a girl thing. <laughs> um, just, you know. People profession- in general. <laughs> yeah, professionally. Yeah. I think just, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, with men, we do find it's easier when they are, um, non-directive sort of sort of driving in a car or you know distracted with another activity or you know these sort of spaces are easier but I think finding you know your child yeah and finding that space in the right time picking up straight after school not always the best time yeah you know they're processing yeah they're processing everything they had to deal with in school you know, what happened, the homework, who said what, you know, like they're in that space now where they're processing it. Yeah. When you're driving, maybe uh, I always like conversations when I'm driving, but maybe yeah. your child likes to listen to music or a podcast or yeah. whatever the case may be. And so that's not that space. That is that transition space. Maybe before bedtime, that's yeah. that space. You know, yeah. today yeah. I noticed yeah. blah, blah, blah. How do you feel about that? Or what do you yeah. think about this? You know, and I think it is just knowing when the right space is to engage. And yeah. you can say, oh, you know, I feel like I need to connect with you more. Or, yeah. or or maybe it is less about creating a space of, or tell me about this or do this or, or why aren't you blah, blah, blah. Yes. And more about sharing your experiences. Yes. So yeah. then it becomes about inviting them into a space rather than you putting yourself into their yeah. space and saying, so now tell me what you feel. Yes. Yeah. Which can be very intimidating. You true, know? true. So rather, you know, um, presenting something, oh, you know, I read this and it made me feel this. And, and then I thought about this. What did you, th- what would you think? Or what would you do? Or yeah. you, can you help me with this problem? Yeah. Or can yeah. you, 
Do you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's inviting in yeah. rather than putting ourselves into that space. It's also what you're saying. It also, uh, when I uh, start a relationship, you know, with, uh, I'm not talking about men, just like in general with a friend, mm. it's always when I share something first from my life, gives them, you know, it's like, it gives them like a little access into yes, it's how, vulnerability. Yeah. And then they start sharing and then the conversation go. starts flowing. Yes. So it's kind of the same. It's the same. Isn't it? yeah. Once we share a part of ourselves, yeah. once we share our vulnerability or something we're struggling with or humor or whatever yeah. the case may be, yeah. the sharing invites connection. Right. So it's good to be vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> Going back to boys shouldn't be vulnerable. Oh, definitely. <laughs> we have to model that vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have to, whatever that looks like. Um, I just want to talk about, as single moms, you need, I read that you boys, especially, need to have a strong role model, like a male role model in their life. And it, it's not always the case. You know, sometimes the dad is present, which is good, like for us, it's good. But sometimes the dad is not present, or if he is present, it makes more harm than good. Mm -hmm. As single moms, what can we do to balance that? Um... Well, I think I think boys need, and especially around six, seven, they have a, a huge testosterone spike. Okay. Neurologically, that creates lots of interesting aggressive behavior, you know, they, um, and not necessarily aggressive as in, you know, violent, but they have a need for more physical Yeah. Um, boundary pushing play. Yes. And we need to create a space, and that's where sports is good. Yeah. Um, they like to, a lot of boys then start playing video games or whatever the yeah. case may be, or um, they need that outlet to express those feelings. Okay. So, that, so more movement, more aggressive play, sort of, you know, pillow fight, rough housing. That's very good, important, um, risk-taking, sort of climbing a tree, balancing or an activity where they where maybe rock climbing yeah. you know giving the space where where they cuz the role often that a male figure creates is a space of exploration yes. pushing the boundaries okay you know mom mother roles or mothering roles are traditionally more uh, protective and yeah. nurturing yeah and don't climb that tree exactly <laughs> you're going to fall yeah. Yeah. and so how that can look as as a mom to a boy of a single mom is, you know, you can still voice that because it could be a valid concern. Yeah. You say, well, if you climb really high, do you think if you get to that branch, it will be safe or not? Yeah. Do you get what yeah, the yeah, difference? Yeah. But it's not like you're not allowed to climb the tree because you're going to But also creating that space yeah. where you yeah. like to go really high. Right. And that feels exciting to you. Yeah. Just yeah. To validate that experience for them. You know, going really fast on your bicycle is exciting for you. Yeah, that's it. We don't have to unpack it. We yes. don't have to be like, you know, put on a helmet, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. make sure they're in a space that they're not going to kill themselves or get ridden yeah. over by a car. But we have to create those spaces for risk taking, for exploring, for physical contact and boundary pushing. Okay. And that is a good space. Yeah. For them. Okay. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. Um, but do you think they miss their dad? When he's completely absent? It depends. Okay. It really depends on, on I mean, because you can have same-sex parents. So Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't thought of that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. 
it's really about, as I said, there are different, there's different parts of masculinity and they're yeah. all valid. Okay. We're just looking at one element of masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But men have yeah. emotions and emotional language and, yeah. and, and so we can't just look at just one element of yeah. that. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, I do. So you need to focus on how your child develops and basically create, let's say, a community around around uh, you and your child and have, like, um, options, I guess, for them to explore who they are. Well, I mean, exploring who they are should be a natural part of, of yeah, our parenting. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um, I think I'm not too sure about your question there. Was it wasn't. It was just. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, because I read that um, boys need their dad after the age of seven. Um, yeah, so that's why it was all this. Do they need a male role model in their so, life? So, like you said, like I was saying earlier, around six, seven, we have that testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes as young as five, we have it. Okay. You know, and there's just various points where children are more boys have more testosterone in flooding in their body. Um, yeah, I think I think it depends on the relationships. Yeah. It depends on what that relationship looked like, like before. Yeah. It depends on was there a male figure in their life before. But it's more, it's less about a father figure and more about, you know, how the different relationships come into a child's life. Yeah. But also, I have this friend, so we're not going to give names, but just mm -hmm. going to say we have a friend. Uh, so the dad is on and off in the boy's life, and he's quite toxic. Like, when he is just with uh, his son, he talks very bad about mm. his mom, right? Mm -hmm. The son's mom, the boy's mom. So what do you... And you know that as a mom, you know, because your child comes back and, like, this is what daddy mm -hmm. said, and or you see in his behavior... Or sometimes he even uses, um, right? Because if they're not talking nicely to you mm. as a mom, mm. um, they your child picks up on that and then they start using words that they hear from their dad. Mm. So you, you can't really tell your child, oh, you're not allowed to see your dad anymore, mm. right? It's a very so, hard thing yeah, about exactly. any... How do you deal with that? How, how can you deal with that? It's like, it's a bit tricky, isn't it? It is a very tricky And I think that's one of the most tricky spaces of divorce, right? Yeah. Is that you can't control what the other person is saying to yeah. your child. Yeah. And I think I think that, that the conversation, this really just depends on where and how old your child is. Yeah. To say that this is really Well, hard. let's say seven. Like, our boys yeah. are now, right? So this is happening now. And my yeah. friend was concerned that she is doing her best. Like, 99% of the time, the her son is with her. And she was just concerned that her son's going to change the image she, he has about her, right? Mm. With all this, like, mm. little bits that he hears from uh, his dad. Yeah. Which yeah. is not fair, because you're doing the best that you can with exactly. what you have. Exactly. You've got no help. Yeah. And then this guy comes once in two months or three months and mm. decides to, like, mess up everything. And then the child needs therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think that the... the The dialogue then becomes around exploring that space with that child. Right. You know, sometimes you hear your dad say X. What do you think about that? Yeah. Do you think that's true? And also setting a boundary for yourself. Yeah. So a boundary is not 
something you're going to make your child do, something yeah, you yeah. decide to do. Yeah. So I am not going to let you speak to me that way. Right, yeah. In our house, we're going to speak to each other respectfully. And yes. this is what it looks like. Yeah. If you are angry with me, let's talk about that. What yeah. is that? You know, sometimes you hear things, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this can be confusing because you're hearing mommy, you're hearing daddy say this about mommy. Yeah. And that can make you maybe feel, and you can list those feelings. Yeah. Because that's what's confusing for children yeah. is when they realize that a situation can have multiple feelings, yeah. not just happy, sad, bad. Yeah. But they can feel frustrated or angry at their father. They can, and then they take it out on their mother. Yeah. They can feel angry at their mother because of something the father said. Yeah. They can feel confused and, and um, uh, unsteady, yeah. uncertain in themselves. And that comes out in different ways. So I think the dialogue is this can be a confusing space for you. Yeah. I know you hear your dad say this. Yeah. And you come home and you want to know what's, what the truth is. Let's talk of the truth. Yeah. There's different parts. Yeah. Your dad might experience this as that. Yes. This is yeah. my experience. Yeah. I love you and I know this is hard for you. Yeah. I love you no matter what. Yeah. And just to to reiterate that when a mom and a dad get divorced, there is this space and things are done differently. Yeah. Things are said differently. And f to help your child find the truth for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I had with Albert the, something like uh, this conversation. Um his dad got upset with me because of something. Uh, obviously, it was his, his perspective. I thought I did nothing wrong, whatever. He's like taking it out of context. context. But Alba was in the car with him when that happened. Mm. And later in the afternoon, I had to go pick him up. And as we're driving back home, he said, I'm very upset with you. Because, and I said, why? What did I do? And he said, because you, you made daddy upset. And you did something that made daddy upset. Can you tell me what you did? And I said, actually, you know what? That's not a conversation for you to have. You're still a little boy. That's for me and daddy to talk about. Lovely. And I said, do you think it's fair for me that you got upset with me just because your dad did? Like, you didn't hear my part of the story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, daddy got upset with me today. He'll be fine in a few days, you know. Like, we'll get back to, like, talking and, you know, mm. get it out of uh, our system. But I don't think, I said to him, I don't think it's fair that you got upset with me too. And I said, maybe you just, even if we have a fight, you just let us fight. And you just be a little child and you don't need to like take part, take sides. Which is kind of tempting for them to take sides. Definitely. Yeah. But I think, I think yeah, definitely they want to take sides. Yeah. But also to validate that experience for them. Yeah. I think that you need to check in to see where they're feeling. Yes. Yeah. But I think what you did there was was spot on. It was fantastic. Okay. Saying, Thank you. You know that that is a boundary. <laughs> yeah. This is not. This is something between your father and I. Yes. We love you. Yeah. And we need to work through. Yeah. These issues. Yeah. Because um, I think I also read. Um, you know, when I say I've read, because I, I was reading so much, I don't remember where. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Like I read somewhere <laughs> that they do take sides if you don't talk to them. And also they feel guilty. Like, let's say one parent is in the wrong lots of times, but they feel guilty for loving that parent. Guilt is a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Guilt is also resentment. I resent you for making me feel X, Y, yeah. or Z. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think exploring that guilt, you know, because 
it's hard for them. For example, in a, when you have the parent who's doing something negative for in, you know, and they are hearing the message that that parent is wrong or yeah. or not right or or bad in some way, but I love you still. Yes. Does that make me bad? Because children yeah. are egocentric. Yeah. Yeah. So if my parent is bad, am I bad? Yes. It always goes back to I. Yeah. And it's not something you've done wrong. It's just neurologically and developmentally, children are egocentric. Yeah. So again, that goes back to validation. Yeah. To say, to try and separate your emotion, like you said, that's between mommy and daddy. Yeah. We love you. Yeah. And this is not your problem. Yes. If you feel X, Y, and Z, or you want to talk about how that makes you feel, yeah. We can do that. Okay, yeah. Let's have that space. Let's talk about how that makes you feel. Yeah. But this problem is mommy's problem. Yeah. 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 Not your problem. He he likes to know, but that's uh, that's something mm-hmm. we do. We don't talk ill about his dad in yes. this house. Like I don't, yes. right? Yeah. My parents don't. Like yeah. we don't want him to hear this uh, we don't really have anything cuz you know, yeah. he's not here. So mm. um but we just don't want him to hear stuff cuz this is just our um perspective right mm. this is um this is what happened between our interactions with his yes. dad so yeah. it's we, we i think i think what i really early on realized um and i said it before my relationship with his dad ended not his relationship with exactly. his dad exactly which is a huge shift yeah a lot yeah. of people struggle to yeah. make that that shift yeah. i think you I but think your relationship didn't end your relationship changed Changed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so that's the yeah. new ones, though. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. You're constantly in relationship. Yeah. And that's why modeling what that looks like, even if it's just one sided. Yeah. Is so important. Yes. At least they see. And also, yeah. when when you when you're in a relationship with a toxic person, mm. modeling what that looks like. Yeah. Modeling your boundary. Yeah. As a parent. Yeah. Is even more important. Yes. You're allowed to have your feelings. That person's allowed to have their feelings. And yeah. these are mine. Yeah. You don't need to validate yourself to your child. Right. But you can say, and yeah. I'm not going to be disrespected. And you need to talk to me in a respectful manner. Yeah. Because each person deserves respect. True. We can talk about the feelings, but we need to validate a boundary, respect, kindness in any relationship right yeah yeah sure to talk a bit about the double standard um like what had happened at albert's school so oh, what uh, happened okay um i want to tell you something what happened on friday uh, yes. at albert's school uh, they were doing pe and uh, one of the girls got upset with him and his friend first i don't know what happened uh she, he got the ball or something first and she's starting being mean to them and also pushing them, right? Mm-hmm. Like not hitting them, but just like pushing them. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Albert was fed up, went to the teacher and said, you know what, this girl is doing this to us. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was like, I don't want to hear it. You know, well, I, we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about how dismissive the teacher was. I just want to say, he told me in the car the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then he said, if I would have done that to a girl, uh-huh. I would have gotten in trouble. Yes. And that's when I realized he wasn't upset that the teacher was like, I don't want to oh, hear that's it. That's wonderful awareness that this yes. is double standard. He was upset that if that if he would have pushed a girl at school, he would and have the gone. Girl, yes, and, and, the, girl and went. the girl, yeah, told on him. Hmm. So why is this double standard? 
with boys and girls. <laughs> I know it's a huge complex. <laughs> Is it just like individually, like uh, yeah. that specific teacher was maybe? I well, don't know. Well, I mean, they're they're in their own you know sort of world of what is acceptable as socially acceptable yeah. behavior in certain gender roles and the expectation of yeah. that and so you know we people have this <laughs> they have the lens of of a patriarchal society of of social norms and social expectations and and so the prism of how men boys are viewed mm. is vast yeah so and we break that down by saying, validating, you know, in that experience, and saying, "Wow, that felt like a double standard, and yeah. that is must be frustrating." Yeah, you know, we can't always come with solutions. Yeah, with our yes. children, we don't. Yeah. Or we can't always change anything, but we can validate that experience. Yeah, I told him this is called double standard. It was yes. the first time we talked about it. Yeah. And I said, unfortunately, it's going to happen a lot in your life. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to be aware of the fact that people have a certain expectation from boys. Be strong, right? I think the message was like, don't come and whine. Mm. You know, like, go be a boy. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I told him that. But he kept on asking, like, why? I'm like, you know what? Like, it's a, it's a very... It's a big conversation, isn't it? Mm. And I think I need, mm. because it happened already, yeah. so I need to slowly start explaining him. Mm. Um, you know, he doesn't hit girls or anything. Yeah. But, but he said, he, he, he was aware of the fact that if uh, roles were yeah. Yeah. different, you know, he would have gotten in trouble. Yeah, definitely. So. I think there's wonderful awareness there, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised. But that's the thing. Our boys surprise us because, yeah. you know, we put label boy and then people take away the emotional side because they yeah. think, you know. But our boys are actually more often overly emotional, overly needing for tactile responses and yeah. hugs and, and input and, and affection. Yes, if not as equal as as girls, even more so. Even more, I I feel like more so than mm. girls. They need more hugs and love, and they need to know you love them. Mm. Like Albert had a period of time, I think, when he was around three, maybe, when he would ask me almost every day if I if I love him. If, but not like you know when I'm happy, like if when mm. I'm mad with him or frustrated or when he does something bad or he's guilty of something. Mm. And I said, I, I always try to say, I would love you always, no matter what. But I don't have to like something that you're doing or something mm. that you're Separating saying. Separating the behavior yes. from the child. Yes. And I also said, well, sometimes when you do something like this that gets me upset, I need a few minutes just to calm down mm. and then we can talk about it. Mm. So he does that to me now. If I get him upset, he's like, I need a few minutes. Then we can talk. <laughs> and the first time he said it, I was like, I didn't know. Because I'm like, okay, let's talk about it now, right? Yes. And then I was like, I need to give him a few minutes. You know, it's okay. Yes. So I think it's also important to let go a little yes. bit, isn't it? Well, that's the, I mean, between a response and a reaction, there's a lot of growth, right? Yeah. And there's you, you have space. the time to calm down a little yes. bit. Yes, well, that's what we're modeling. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which so we is need hard. to model. <laughs> Again, it just yeah. really goes back to modeling. Yeah. To modeling what self reflection looks like, to modeling what what 
having space when you're in a flipped lid sort of state when you're you know not able to sort of process in that space yeah um and i think that that's the thing we just need to model those behaviors for our children and give them the dialogue and the emotional language to express that yeah and that's, that's really, how we raise strong voice that's how we raise an strong emotionally voice. available voice exactly by being all also emotionally available yeah you know so often something happened to me this week um, where my son said to me, um, something happened at school, some boy pushed him and he was um, upset and, and pushed, or he, some boy wanted something he had and take, took it out of his hand and then he took it back and the boy pushed him and and I didn't realize at the time because I had to sort of unpack this, I was like, oh, you know, you really wanted it, so I validated, and then he pushed you, and you pushed him back, and I said, well, you know, I'm sure he was upset that you took it in the first place, or whatever the case may be, yeah. and I realized that I, rather than creating just the space to express what was happening in that moment, I turned to judgment. Yeah. It didn't It didn't unpack as judgment in my yeah. mind. It was yeah. more me trying to create awareness of other yeah, but yes. by constantly creating awareness of other, yeah. we're not validating that space of this experience. Yes, whether that experience was you know nuanced and had different sort of yeah. you know sometimes yeah we need to just create that space to say I did this yes I did this yeah and then if they're asking or needing sort of you know your child yeah whether it was just sort of they're gauging whether you know. Uh, was this the right thing to do or not or yeah. or just you know this happened yeah you know yeah it happened a, a few times to me exactly like it happened to you and Alva would say to me why do you care more about the other child than me and then I it was okay let me reformulate everything I was trying to tell you exactly they take it as so not I'm everything blaming is, them yes not everything yeah. is a teachable moment yeah yes certainly that's not, what I learned too certainly not <laughs> in that moment yeah yeah. So creating the safe space where all emotions and behaviors are allowed. Yes. That's yes. huge. Yeah. Because then that is going to come to you as a teenager. Yeah. When somebody's kid is doing this or inviting them to, you know, try this drug or that drug. Yeah. You're that safe space. That's why I don't believe in punishment. Mm. Because... It's a situation. You don't really know what happens. It, he blames at school. He got blamed at school, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then the teacher tells me. And then you feel that, you feel triggered. And you're like, okay, so you're not having this and that mm -hmm. for like three mm -hmm. days. And then I realized, actually, it doesn't help. No, we're not teaching anything. Yeah, me getting angry, punishing him. Mm -hmm. He just gets like withdrawn. He doesn't want to tell me what happened. Mm -hmm. He feels mm -hmm. like, which it is, like, yeah, I'm judging him and blaming him. So I decided no more punishment, right? Like no taking the iPad for three days, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And when, the when something else happened and the teacher told me, he looked at me and he said, are you mad with me? And I said, no, we're just going to go to the car and you can tell me what happened. And he, I saw in his eyes the first time he couldn't believe it that, you know, it's like he's fine. Like he's not going to be punished. I'm not going to go crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, he just like had the space. And then he tells me everything. What happened? Like mm -hmm. how how it happened, and sometimes it happens that it's not his fault. He's just at the wrong time, you know, wrong place, wrong time, mm -hmm. and he gets in trouble. Which yeah. you know, it can be possible. Exactly. Well, Lee, thank you so much for coming today. You're welcome. It was lovely having a chat with you. 
And likewise, uh, hopefully you'll come some other time. Happy soon. to chat. <laughs> hopefully my train of thought will be a little bit more oh, no, no. linear Thank next you. time. But we're, uh, we're having it Sunday uh, Sunday morning, so oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's after a whole week of being like stressed and stuff. So but that's a good way to unwind, and it's yeah. a good way to to voice and you know share in community. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please like, share and subscribe to follow our stories and our conversations. Get in touch with us and let us know what you think. Until next time, have a lovely day, my friends.